liberty lockdown please scan your barcode your liberty ain't gone but yeah it's on hold where did it come from and where did it go it requires a fight not tweeting from your phone don't need a king get him off the fucking throne if you're riding with the thought you've always got a home the virus is scared of will come and it'll go the government knows this don't get treated like a hoe Welcome one and all to a special edition of Liberty Lockdown. This is Clint Russell, your humble host. I think that this is probably the most important episode I've ever done. And that's with all due respect to the incredible guests that I've had on. I think that this topic is so misunderstood and so ignored broadly. And it's I don't blame anyone for their ignorance on this topic. It's a relatively new development, and it happened at the highest echelons of power. And when they do stuff like that, it sometimes takes us little people a little while to figure it out. But I did. And after you watch this, so shall you. And when you have fully embraced this concept, I hope that you funnel it not into desperation and despair, but rather motivation and hope and fire to fight back. I record this episode after pulling an all-nighter because I just simply couldn't get enough reading about this and I've just urgently wanted to get it out to my audience. So I did not deliver this episode with the level of flair that you're accustomed to. I am now fully well-rested and able to talk about this more uh, passionately. So I wanted to give a quick intro and just say that despite the fact that this is extremely daunting information to process. Uh, it's not that complicated. It is very dire. It is very serious, but it is not unbeatable. I believe that we have righteousness on our side, as I've said many times, so I don't want you to be turned off and, and disheartened by this information. We're up against it. We are, but we will prevail. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Liberty Lockdown. This is Clint Russell. Once again, I pulled another all-nighter because I stumbled into a rabbit hole of ESG and stakeholder capitalism, and I could not stop reading. And I was like, I'm going to put together a thread. I'm going to put together an episode, and I'm going to let people know because this is really, really important. So uh, forgive my sleep-deprived face. I'm going to go to bed as soon as I'm done recording here. Uh, ESG scores. You may have heard of them. You may not know what they are. And I have done a ton of research to figure out what exactly they are. And the reason I, I went down this rabbit hole is because I've been mystified at some of the business de decisions that I've witnessed over the past four or five years, really, is when it got to be profound, where it stood out so much that I was like, what is happening? And... For the longest time, I thought that it was like woke college kids getting into positions of power in HR departments or advertising and marketing departments or the censorship department at Facebook or Twitter or wherever else and, and just implementing these kind of like pseudo-Marxist values. Well, not pseudo, <laughs> just Marxist values. Uh, into the business world. And for the longest time, that was the best I could come up with. I was like, okay, this is this is probably what it is, kind of Occam's razor, like 
yeah, they went to college, they got educated with all of this nonsense, and now they are bringing it into the work world, and we are all forced to suffer under it. And then I discovered ESG scores, aka stakeholder capitalism, as I read more and more about Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum and the Great Reset, I started to understand the mechanism by which wokeness has taken over the world. And because it's such a bad idea, because I believe it to be deeply flawed on the verge of just outright evil, uh, I figured that that, that that must be what it is, you know? I figured that because wokeness was such a bad idea and so kind of overtly evil from my vantage point, dividing people by race, I mean, <laughs> the complete opposite of what they claim to be doing. And I didn't understand how this idea was propagating in such a powerful way. And I think I could understand it from kind of a cult religious movement. But I, for the life of me, I couldn't understand how it was getting its claws into capitalism because capitalism is about dollars and cents. You know, the, the CEO has a fiduciary responsibility to his shareholders to make sure that he provides value, you know, that he provides value to the market and in turn provides value to his investors because if he profits, they profit and everybody's happy. So when I started to see ads and I, in this thread, some of you may be new to the show because oftentimes when I do these threads, they'll go a little bit viral and then I'll get some new people checking me out. Just so you know, I managed a couple hundred million dollars as a private mortgage broker uh, for a decade plus, and that's my background. So despite my appearance, wigger chic, uh, I do know a little bit about finance and economics, and that's why I felt like this would be a good topic for me to cover for you guys. Not to mention, I haven't really seen it covered in this depth. So I wanted to, to basically bring it to your attention and... I think that this really answers a lot of the questions that have been lingering, at least in my mind. And if it's lingering in my mind, what I know about my audience is oftentimes it's been lingering in yours as well. So this is how I came to the conclusion as to how the hell they got these businesses like Gillette, like Coca-Cola to do these ads, to do these business maneuvers that seem so counterintuitive, to seem so detrimental to profitability, and in some cases, severely so, where stock prices got absolutely slaughtered because of marketing campaigns and things like that. And turns out it's ESG scores. It is stakeholder capitalism. Stakeholder capitalism is the ESG score variant that the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab talk about. So I'm gonna talk about ESG scores, but they're pretty much synonymous. They, they kind of replace each other. So ESG scores are environmental, social, and governance. And all they are is a scoring system, just like your credit score, but these are for these kind of like abstract concepts. Environmental would be, is your company destroying the environment? Is it taking care of the environment? Is it taking uh, actions, be it PR or in reality, capital deployment, things like that, to assist the environment? and most notably, it's climate change. That's what they really focus on because obviously that's the greatest threat to humanity and blah, 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 blah. So then you got social and this is the woke 
side of things. I mean, I would say all of it's woke, but the social is the real, real woke stuff where they want to make sure that all the businesses uh, allow for collective bargaining. And so union, which is very pro-capitalism, right? You, you got to have strong union rights if you're a CEO of a business. Very unusual. Not exactly what businesses normally do uh, to maintain profitability because they want to have the capacity to negotiate with individual employees based off of their skill set, not this kind of collective bargaining where you have to pay the worst worker close to what the best worker gets. And oftentimes the employee themselves doesn't want to be in a union because if you're a high, high achiever, you end up getting dragged backwards. It also drags up the worst achiever. So that's kind of the socialist um, dream world there. So the social category would also include things like how woke are you? Diversity quotas. How, how, uh, how many shades of the rainbow exist in your employee base? Or your customer base, you know, that type of nonsense, which I, I'm all for it. I mean, I'm all for you having whatever nationality people work for you. It's none of my business and I really don't care, but I don't like quotas. I don't like quotas. I don't like banning people based off of race. I don't like hiring people based off of race. I think that it's a fatally flawed way of looking at the world. I am a I'm a person that believes in meritocracy. And if you are the best employee at that position, regardless of your color, you should get paid more and you should get hired more easily or more readily. So I don't like any of this stuff, but that's the social category. And then governance is the last category. I wouldn't say it's the least important, but not the most either, but it's board diversity, super important. Got to make sure you have all the colors of the rainbow once again, and then executive compensation packages. So I guess making sure that it's paired with these other uh, social and environmental goals. You got to make sure that the CEO is on board with this and then accountability standards and corporate culture and corporate culture is kind of a nebulous airy fairy way of talking about, you know, how, whether or not, I guess, employees feel empowered to write critical letters of the CEO if he's not behaving woke enough, which we've seen a lot at Netflix uh, most recently where he almost got fired or maybe he did. I don't remember uh, <laughs> because, and you see this across a, a bunch of businesses actually where employees now feel empowered to write letters, basically calling for their bosses to get fired. And if it's on woke grounds, they're basically untouchable. You can't really, have any sort of repercussions for them because they're good little soldiers that are marching along in the Marxist hellscape for woke rights. So it's, it's all a disaster, but ESG scores are how they're how they have gotten wokeism into big business. And it's a really, it's a really, it's like a skeleton key for basically every question I've had over the past five years. I really couldn't figure it out. And this was like, ah, I got it. This is, this is how these fuckers did it. Incredible. So in 2000, the UN started uh, an initiative and Kofi Annan in 2004 wrote a letter to 50 
CEOs of big businesses where he implored them, I guess, <clears throat> to get on board with this agenda. And then a year later, they came out with a report and you got the big, the big guys you'd expect, right? You got Goldman Sachs and Deutsche Bank and all the, all the big, big, big boys that really move money. Sign on. They sign on with this agenda of ESG. And that doesn't really make sense to me. We'll talk about that a little bit more later, but they, they sign on and they start to push money managers and pension funds and hedge funds and governments to implement ESG ratings and scoring systems on their investment evaluations. And what that leads to is this kind of, this hose that gets pinched off if you aren't appropriately woke. And what that means is in layman's terms, if you're a startup, you're, you're toast. I mean, if you can't get an IPO where BlackRock and these other big boys pick up your, your stock, you're, you're screwed. You're not going to be able to do it strictly off of mom and pop investors. You need the big boys that, that manage serious money. So as with all good conspiracy theories, BlackRock comes in here and Larry Fink, CEO and founder of BlackRock, aptly named, mind you, Fink, he writes this letter in 2020 where he implores or demands, it's a really lengthy letter and it's very pompous, but he basically dictates to all other money managers across the planet to get in line with this woke agenda of ESG scores. And they do it, which blows my mind. And there's there's a fair justification for, for why it was thought to be perhaps a good idea in 0405, where they would roll out these scores and it would basically help the world. You know, like there's this really altruistic, like same thing with socialism, communism, like if you're dumb, it can sound good. <laughs> but in reality, like when rubber meets the road, ultimately a business needs to make a profit. And if you are doing things that are counter to that, uh, you go out of business unless you're tied to the Federal Reserve, in which case, or banks, in which case you can survive pretty much any uh, bad behavior or bad management. So Larry Fink writes this letter in 2020 where he says every investment that BlackRock does, and mind you, they manage over 10 trillion with a T, 10 trillion dollars. And he, he says that every investment decision he makes will be predicated on ESG scores. And there are all these little um, analysis companies pop up where they start to give these scores to these companies. Now, who comes up with the criteria? Uh, not really sure. I mean, I think it's going to be an ever evolving thing. I would imagine that it's Klaus Schwab in the World Economic Forum and the meetings at Davos, they'll sit down and they'll say, oh, now we need to, you know, this year we have to really have trans rights be the focus of ESG, things like that, where they just bring in new focuses and then it might be, um, you know, suppressing conservatives specifically could start to be part of an ESG score because obviously they're fascists and you have to make sure the fascists can't speak. So this is the type of 
I don't even think it's a slippery slope. I think we're sl flying down the slope right now, but this is how it'll get managed. And the ESG scores will be used to strangle non-woke businesses and boost and lift up businesses that get in line. And that's really as simple as it gets. So when you see something that doesn't make sense, come back to this, come back to this moment and go, I get it now. You got perfect example, right? How absolutely insane was it for GoFundMe to withhold the over $10 million that was uh, dedicated or, or donated to the Ottawa protesters, the anti-mandate protesters in Canada. And they just said, hey, nope. We've heard that these, these protests could be potentially violent. And, uh, and we're going to, we're going to, and this, this is the really crazy part, right? And this is exactly how ESG and stakeholder capitalism works. They said, quote, we will work with organizers to send all remaining funds to, quote, credible and established charities chosen by the Freedom Convoy 2022 organizers. See, this is the thing. This is where the crap word comes in because this is the same concept as ESG. If you don't have the cathedral stamp of approval, you can't even get charitable funds. This is social credit scores writ large. This is corporate social credit scores writ large. This is how they will, this is exactly why so many of us, myself included, have been so outraged at the idea of social credit scores. We don't want this. Well, it's already here. It's already here for corporate America and not just corporate America, but globally, global corporate world. <laughs> that, it's already here. And I don't think many of us know that. I certainly didn't. I saw that they were all kind of behaving in a cult-like fashion, but I didn't understand the why. And this is it. This is the why. So they get all of these funds for these peaceful protesters, because they have been peaceful, very diverse, mind you. And they've been labeled as white supremacists, Nazis, racists, all this, the normal stuff that any political dissident that, you know, goes against the establishment gets labeled as and they withheld those funds from the people that it was donated to and then they threatened to just give it to other credible charities brazen backbreaking for their business no conservative i mean any conservative that's awake at all is going to ever donate a penny through gofundme again after this they destroyed their business. So you have to ask yourself, why? Why would they do something so counter to their bottom line? When ultimately, they could have just said, it was a charity. This is what we do. It's not our business. These people were peaceful too. It's not like we're, they were funding some sort of war. They were funding peaceful protest. And we're going to stay out of it. You know, they could even give some sort of lip service to how pro-vaccine they are, but they could have not damaged their business in such a severe way, but they chose to. And this is the key. 
they chose to because people like Larry Fink at BlackRock would have ripped funding from them, would have cut their share price probably in half or less. And when you have that kind of threat, the sort of Damocles hanging over your neck, you start to do some really wild stuff. And all of a sudden, it all makes sense. Why would they damage their business so severely? Well, because the alternative is probably bankruptcy. A quick interruption for one of our sponsors, a brand new sponsor at that. And as you've learned in today's episode, there is a reason it is so hard to get financial backing for programs like Liberty Lockdown, Joe Rogan Experience, etc. It's because of what we're learning today. I'll leave it at that. So I want to be very appreciative and I hope that you guys will show support and use this company. That is IP Vanish. Tired of feeling like someone's always watching you on the internet? Maybe advertisers know a bit too much about you or you're concerned about the privacy of your identity. Using incognito mode won't solve the problem either. IP Vanish VPN is here to protect your right to privacy and help you stay anonymous online. IP Vanish helps you safely browse the internet without exposing your private details to third parties such as hackers, your ISP, or advertisers. You can use IP Vanish on your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. When you use IP Vanish, all your data is encrypted. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IP Vanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IP Vanish. I've actually been using them for years. IP Vanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's just like getting nine months for free. Can you beat that? No, you can't. IP Vanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you watch, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to ipvanish.com forward slash Clint and use promotional code Clint, that's C-L-I-N-T, and claim your 70% off savings today. That's I-P-V-A-N-I-S-H dot com forward slash Clint. Let's get back into the show. And that is too much power for any one person or group of people to have over the global economy. I'm horrified, just to put it bluntly. I am horrified, one, that this mechanism exists, and two, what it's being utilized for. Because these people think that they have the moral high ground with such sincerity and deep belief that they are capable of such great evil, it's almost unimaginable. I mean, the fact that these people are protesting V mandates when Israel has record case numbers right now, and they're at their fourth dose, and they have record hospitalizations too. None of this makes sense. So they are now basically deciding who has free speech, who has the right of assembly, based off of political beliefs, based off of the protesters' political beliefs. That's not liberal. That's fascism. They are using big business paired with government to suppress dissident speech, to criminalize it. 
that's coming next. But fortunately, we're not there yet. But we need to fight this now. And we need to let people know that we know this is what's happening. Because this isn't a conspiracy theory. This is actually what's happening. You actually have corporate social credit scores. And let me tell you a little bit about how that works, right? So you have a credit score, social credit score, ESG score, between zero and 100. And you get a categorization or a, a, you know, a tranche of it is based off of your environmental score, a tranche based off of your social score, and then another, the remainder off of your governance score. And if it goes up to 100, so zero to 100, and if your score is under 50, you're basically blacklisted. Like you can't get funding from hardly anybody. And if you're between 50 and 70, it's considered good. So that means basically any of these big boys will invest in you. And if it's over 70, then anyone will invest in you. And, you know, there's a reasonable premise for like why um, mom and pop investors that are activists oriented might want to invest in a company that has a high ESG score. Like I could get that. I could understand that, but we were already doing that. Like if you were some green party member and you wanted to invest in the stock market, you probably wouldn't invest in Exxon, you know, <laughs> like that, that used to be how we did that. We would have our own little thumb on the lever of power saying, I don't support this because I think that they're destroying the environment. So you wouldn't invest in that. Well, now it's not just mom and pop investors. It is the investors, the big boys, like probably at least 20, they say at least 20 trillion as of now. I think it's a lot more than that. That is being managed under ESG governance and that can reshape the world into their image it's basically why in my opinion it's why not just society is falling apart but so is the economy because they're capable of implementing all of the worst ideas the worst memes that are circulating through society right now and implementing it on the global business landscape. And with that, I don't know how we prevail. If we don't find some mechanism to intervene to stop this process, I think we're in a lot of trouble. And I mean, there's certainly an Austrian economics argument to be had that, you know, these this is ultimately not a sustainable way of investing where you're just, and it's, it's ironic because that's exactly what the argument is, is that this is all about sustainability. But if you're not investing into businesses that are focused like a laser beam on profitability, but are rather focused on the diversity, why would they not have their lunch eaten by some company who is hiring the best at their craft? versus the best in appearance, you know, like that, that seems to make sense, but over a long enough time horizon, um, that, that could play out that way. But the problem is how are you to compete? If you have BlackRock who has access to the fed window, able to get the cheapest money on earth, not to mention that they're managing $20 trillion already. 
uh, or 10, I think, verging on 20. And they're able to deploy capital to these woke organizations. How is some non-woke organization going to compete? It's going to have to be grassroots, small, slowly build up and have such courage as to not ever sell out, to not ever get bought out by these big boys if they choose to. And I'm not sure how, how that happens. I mean, you'd have to have such principled, independent people in so many different fields and so many different industries, all with this laser vision, outworking the competition despite less capital and doing it with cancel culture and the mob out to get them. That's daunting. That's a lot to ask. So I'm not trying to black pill you here. I'm just trying to like really lay out the argument as to why this is such a big issue and why people need to get on board with understanding what I'm saying. You know, what, what we now understand together is that we're up against it. <laughs> we are up against it. This is a big deal. And this is how the Great Reset has been rolled out. This is exactly the type of stuff that they talked about with the COVID response. They said it's not enough to build back. We have to build back better. What does better mean? Well, to them, better means ESG, having a better environment and making sure that social equity is there and that the diversity on the, on the board is good. You know, like that's what the better part is. And they're in lockstep, man. Like these people are moving in unison. And this is, this is a fascinating story that I found. Um, Blackstone, who was the original funder of BlackRock, partnered with Hypnosis, spelled with a G, to invest in a music uh, as online streaming or uh, online streaming service, like to compete with Spotify. And I found this article, it was four months ago, right? And wouldn't you know it, but they have already bought the rights to Neil Young's music four months ago. So this is the parent company or the original funding source for BlackRock. And if you remember what set off this whole cancel uh, Spotify, cancel Joe Rogan insanity was Neil Young. He was one of the first people that came out and said, I want to pull my music from Spotify. The son of a bitch already had a deal with uh, Hypnosis, a.k.a. Blackstone, a.k.a. BlackRock. Starts to make sense, right? So these, these hit pieces, these takedown campaigns, they are, they are the stick. So you have the carrot, which is the funding, and then you have the stick, which is the defunding paired with the woke mob. That's powerful. They have the capacity to compel and the capacity to, I don't know, detract or to make you hesitant, to make you fear them, to make you fear going against them. This lays out all of the psychology behind why this has been such a problem for people, why independent business people have been cowed, you know, even Rogan. He went with Spotify and now Spotify is under attack via Blackstone and they're nervous. 
rightfully so. And then on top of that, they also have an employee, you know, market that is filled with a bunch of woke nutcases that buy into this thesis that Rogan's a racist, even though they probably never listened, but they saw the collaboration video or the, uh, the clips that are all mashed together with him saying the N word over and over again to make him look like a racist, even though I've listened to him for a decade now, and he's certainly not racist. Today's episode is also brought to you by the daily job hunt. That's our friends over at crash.co forward slash daily. If you are in the position of looking for a new job, if you saw my episode last week where we discussed the networking benefits, the methods that you can utilize to try and free yourself to become financially free, to free your capacity to speak freely in times of crisis like we've had over the past couple of years, this is your opportunity to get an education for free on how to become a better job applicant or to go down the entrepreneurial path. Go to crash.co forward slash daily to sign up for the daily job hunt. It is a once daily email that hits your inbox every morning, gives you some information on how to become a better job applicant or to pursue the career of your dreams, even as an entrepreneur. It's free. There's no reason not to give it a go. If you're in this position, again, go to crash.co forward slash daily. But that's not the point. This is what they do. He is speaking on behalf of the bodily autonomy community. The people that are hesitant to give up their rights of speech and thought and freedom more broadly. And even though he's not perfect, he is too big to have that platform and to be this independent. And they have decided that it has to end. And they are hitting him from all sides to make sure that that happens. And at this point, it looks like Rogan's caving. And I hope that I'm wrong. And I hope that he has on all of the guests we've come to know and love and that he stays true to his philosophy of having open and honest discussions and debate. I don't know. There's a ton of pressure on him, man. And I'm not in his position, so I'm certainly not going to like talk down to him or tell him this is what he ought to do or this is how he ought to do it. I put out a video a couple days ago where I said what I would have said if I were him. Um, but that's just what I think I would say if I was in that position. I'm not in that position, so I can't say for sure. So I wish him well. I think that he's an incredibly important voice. And I'm very, very concerned that if he goes away, I'm not so concerned about not having him as I am concerned about the precedent and the fact that the chilling factor that I'll, that'll have on free speech and free thought and the courageousness in the podcasting sphere will be devastated because he's so big. And if, if he can be taken down, everyone knows they can be taken down and taken out. So that's why I have been talking about this too much and probably pissing my followers off, but that's, it's a really big deal, especially for someone in my position where, you know, I'm independent and I don't need the income. So I'll be, I'm going to tell the truth until they deplatform me from everywhere, but I don't really want to see the biggest guy get taken down because it'll just speed up this process by which they deplatform all of us that think independently and that's not good 
That's not good for freedom. That's not good for society or civilization. And we got to fight it. We got to fight it hard. And I just wanted to give my, my best wishes to the Ottawa protesters. And it seems as if there's going to be a trucker convoy in America here soon. I can't tell you guys how important what you're doing is. Honestly, it, it fills me with joy <laughs> and, and pride. And it reinstills my faith in my fellow man that there are millions of us that value liberty still uh, up against the odds, demoralized. And you guys are partying in the streets and having your fuel stolen by the Ottawa Police Department. Shame on them and all praise to you. I'm not even religious, but I've been praying for you guys. I really hope that you can keep your resolve. I know they're going to come for you hard and I hope that it can remain peaceful. I hope that you can get those mandates lifted for everybody because I know you're doing it for everybody, not just yourselves, which is even more profoundly beautiful. And I hope that Trudeau resigns. I mean, we need some major white pill like that where a truly peaceful mass protest gets one of these dictators to step down. It would be incredible. So I hope that happens there. I hope, pray that uh, if there is an American trucker convoy that they can do the same and do it peacefully and hopefully not be labeled terrorists and attacked mercilessly, but inevitably they will. So anyways, this is the ESG, ESG score, stakeholder capitalism. That's what this stuff is about. This is why uh, the world is upside down and backwards and doing somersaults and batshit crazy. So I wanted to give you a quick rundown. I hope you enjoyed it. If you enjoy this show, I sometimes do deep dives on a sing singular topic like this. And sometimes I have guests on, uh, should have Dave Smith on next week, by the way, that's going to be awesome. So make sure you subscribe, make sure you like, make sure you comment, make friends in the comments. As Crystalia says, make friends in the comments. Your wife might be down there. Just comment something, wait for someone to respond and then propose just straight up. Just whatever they say in response. They go, hey, you got a source for that? You want to get married? That's all you got to say. And then lastly, if you really enjoy the show, uh, go to libertylockdown.locals.com to become a supporting member to help grow my reach because I am independent as fuck. And I need whatever support you can give me so that I can help market the show to get this type of education and information to more ears and eyes. Thank you, guys. Big shout out to everybody that's been with me since Jump Street. Appreciate y'all. Welcome to Liberty Lockdown. Please scan your barcode. Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold. Where did it come from and where did it go? It requires a fight, not tweet from your phone. Don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne. If you're riding with the thought, you've always got a home. The virus is scared of, will come and it'll go. The government knows, just don't get treated like a hoe. Like Nico and Shane, you're probably wondering what's happening. Scared Hollywood left these lyrical feffinin'. A typo with Luke might bring the nooses. We all bite the bullet, I'm the king of the gooses. Freckles and Brit didn't know I could spit. Knew I was a patriot, but now I'm the shit. 
Peter Quinones Invite me on Which podcast sends custom songs Part of the problem Now I stand with the people Dave showed the way But I am unequal Lions of Liberty Now hear me roar Beat running up But I got a bit more Robbie the fire Always running his mouth But I made him a sandwich Now I'm man of the house No malice for Nick But you're welcome to quit I went over BLM With the fire I spit Friends against government Just call us fags Copy the Cairo Put mummies in the bag Liable opinions Get thrown on the ground Silky smooth time Was the only sound Getting so hot Must be air July Screaming in the mic A rip of 59 Miles to ratio That black guns matter Now all these lefties Got crazy small bladders None of us wanted war But we're ready You know I be bopping And rock steady Liberty lockdown Please scan your barcode Your liberty ain't gone But yeah it's on hold Where did it come from And where did it go It requires a fight Not tweeting from your phone Don't need a king Get him off the fucking throne If you're riding with the thought You've always got a home The virus is scared of Will come and it'll go The government knows Just don't get treated like a hoe